Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Thursday, uh, January the 5th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith. We are here ready to break it down. A big Thursday slate on tap. Uh, just uh, 10, ga- 10 games on tap. A big slate as usual. We'll break it down in just a second. Analyze every game as we do. Side total and player props with each game. First, though, brief recap. Very brief on last night. There were only three games. Uh, New Jersey uh, puts the woodshed beat down, if you will, on the Detroit Red Wings. 5-1 to one victory. Actually was scoreless for a long period of time. New Jersey kind of opened things up second half of that game, uh, and they end up getting the uh, victory over Detroit 5-1. And Devils trying to get on some sort of win streak. It's been a rough last few weeks, and we'll see if they can use that victory to bolster them a bit. Uh, Weird situation with Tampa and Minnesota where uh, obviously we thought Vasilevsky was going to start for the Lightning because it was Brian Elliott against Chicago the night before, but apparently Vasilevsky under the weather and last second uh, scratch uh, in that game and obviously taking over was Brian Elliott playing on a back-to-back spot and advantage Minnesota when that uh, became news and they end up taking the 5-1 win over the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning last night in that game. Wild continue to play just really solid, steady hockey at both ends of the ice. That's been the impressive part about Minnesota during this run. They've been scoring the goals. They've also been very good defensively. And both goalies have been good. Flurry and Gustafson continues to be solid. I mean, you've got to give this guy credit. This is a guy that you know couldn't stop a beach ball half the time with the Ottawa Senators. He was not a goalie that I looked at in his time with Ottawa. What This guy's a bona fide, surefire number one goaltender in his future. But he's played very well lately for the Minnesota Wild, and we'll give him credit for that for sure, that they get the 5-1 win over the Lightning. And Tampa Bay woes in Minnesota continue, uh, a team that just has trouble winning there. And then at the end of the night, thanks for nothing, Dallas. I mean, geez, I mean, shut out by Anaheim. I mean, two uh, nothing last night to the Anaheim Ducks. Gibson was very good. Maybe Gibson's turning a corner. He has looked terrific in two of his last three starts. The Vegas game, he stole it. He was very good last night. Uh, in between, he was rough against Nashville, but slowly but surely better out of Gibson. And defensively, give the Ducks credit. They held Dallas at bay, although that was not Dallas's A game. Uh, they get shut out 2 nothing. Alex, thoughts on last night? Yeah, that uh, Wild and Lightning game, which really kind of helped me out because the only play I had pre- uh, pregame was Dallas team total. I got nowhere, but, uh, you know, was able to cash a couple of live bets with that wild game. And, you know, I actually kind of stayed away from the wild side, even though I heard the news that Elliott was getting the start because he'd had a pretty good track record against Minnesota. I was actually stunned that we didn't see Vasilevsky the previous night in Chicago. Thought I was thinking, and I mentioned that on the show, thinking we were going to line up to see Elliott uh, against the, the wild, but now he's getting the back to back and, you know, we'll wait, remain to see when Vasilevsky will be okay. They said it's kind of a stomach bug thing. But you mentioned Gustafson. He's now won eight of his last nine games. He had to leave with about two minutes left in the contest. Uh, they said it was uh, some stomach issues. Felt like he had to, to, to throw up. So, uh, thankfully, nothing serious there. Like I said, he's the guy that they're kind of riding now. We're finally seeing this coming of age of him uh, where he's now, I mean, Right now, he's basically a 1A, 1B option with Flurry. So that's something we didn't, you know, they were hoping to get that from him. And, and a lot of us were skeptical, myself included. But uh, that's kind of where he's fit in now. And that's the reason why Minnesota's slowly climbing back into this playoff race. 
Uh, if he can continue to, you know, play like this, uh, you know, Minnesota's in good shape moving forward. Uh, John Gibson, you know, definitely building uh, his credentials up to possibly getting moved in the, tra- in the trade deadline. Like I said, I think he would be a great backup option for a couple of teams. Uh, the New York Rangers is the one that, that really sticks out with me the most. They need to upgrade Halak. And he's the kind of guy now where we saw him. He did give up, you know, 10 goals in the previous two starts before last night with a brilliant shutout against a good quality team in Dallas. If he can get to a spot, I think even before the trade deadline and just kind of sit and rest, heal up these injuries that he had been playing through the last year and a half. Or so be a true number two backup to somebody, especially somebody like Shesterkin. I mean, that would be just invaluable for a Ranger team that's trying to, you know, make their move toward the top and hang around in, in the, the top of the East to have that kind of guy and that kind of veteran as a backup would be, uh, would be solid. I think so. He's building his case to be moved somewhere and uh, definitely want to keep an eye. He's not just complete fade material right now. And I think he might get stronger and stronger as it gets closer to the deadline, knowing that, Hey, he can finally get out of Anaheim, not have to be the, you know, the number one workhorse any longer. Exactly. I think he's he's better off in a tandem role, I think, maybe at this stage of his career. On a better team, of course, too. And he might get his wish, no question, as we get closer to the uh, trade uh, deadline. Shout out in the chat to our good friend, Andrew. Andrew McGinnis. You better be going to that gold medal game tonight, Andrew. What <laughs> shit I see on Twitter that you're begging for tickets? You should have tickets. What's the matter with you? It's a gold medal game. Canada's in it, man. It's right in your backyard. Be there. Come on. You got to be there. I don't know how it's working. I, I know you want to be there, but, uh, yeah, of course, Canada and Czechia, gold medal game of the uh, World Junior Hockey Championship, of course, I am referring to after Canada's uh, win. We should talk about that briefly, Canada with the win uh, last night against yeah. the U.S. I don't want to hear too much bitching about the – I thought the U.S. did get shafted on that goal. I will say that. It should have counted. But don't you dare stand there and tell me that's the reason they lost. They had opted after that, you know, when they were still, you know, down by a goal – you know, tie it up, find a way to finish around the net. They didn't. And a lot, a big part of that was obviously Thomas Millich was just phenomenal uh, in net for Canada. And it's an unfortunate loss for the U.S. That goal should have counted. They had a bunch of chances. They outshot and outplayed Canada for large portions of that game. There's no denying that whatsoever. But at the end of the day, you don't win games for shots. You don't win games for chances. You don't win games for possession and zone time and all that. You got to put the puck in the freaking net. How many times have I said this on this show? And uh, unfortunately, uh, the U.S. didn't do a good enough job of that. Didn't finish their chances. Canada did, and they end up getting the victory. That was a goal that should have counted the second one, the, the, the goalie okay. interference one. I agree with that totally. I understand why Ryan Whitney's bitching on Twitter, but for Ryan Whitney to then say, oh, cancel the tournament, this, this win shouldn't count for Canada, that's a bunch of BS. Because they had opportunity after that, the U.S. That was a That's a goal that should have counted. I definitely agree with that, but they had opportunity after that. You're still only down one. Pick up the bootstraps and get back to work and find a way. And unfortunately, they couldn't do it. And uh, as a result, Canada the final tonight in the gold medal game. Yeah, I actually did watch a, a good amount of the, that game last night. And, you know, the momentum that, you know, uh, shift that takes place when not one but two goals get called back, that that's hard for any, you know, NHL team to overcome, let alone a, a bunch of youngers, youngsters uh, playing the juniors in a, in a tournament of this magnitude. And I'm sure, yeah, it looks kind of sketchy. I even joked about it too, saying, well, you know, this is, a, uh, you know, Team Canada playing in their backyard. You know, uh, and I saw your tweet too, rhythm. Jimmy Murphy, yeah. I, I, our, our good friend, the fix <laughs> yeah. is in. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, 
Yeah, and and they were, and I I was I was pretty much just all joking aside on that. But like I said, they were questionable calls, and they were they would have been fifty fifty calls in the pro game as well. You know, and, and like I said, it just it's just unfortunate that it happens that way. And the fact that they said where they had a chance to tie it up, you end up giving up a goal, but then you still have a chance to you know cut the lead in half and make it four three to have that one called back. I think that was really the real backbreaker for that one for that game. And because and Canada just rolled with the momentum and. You know, Connor Bedard, I mean, this kid, he is fun to watch. And, uh, you know, the legend continues to grow with the 23 points now and in, in seven games. Like, that's it's just unreal. It's absolutely it's, – it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's truly insane what this kid is doing here at 17 years old. He's not even old enough in this damn tournament to uh, be able to not wear a face shield. He's got to wear a face shield because he's yeah. still so young. You know, 17 years – that's the IIHF rule if you're – not 18 years old you've got to wear a face shield for all the games and that's how young he still is and look what he is doing uh at this tournament uh for canada it's just sick uh obviously and uh you want to know why the tank for bedard uh promotions are on with all these fans of teams that are in the bottom of the nhl standings right now it's because they see what could be awaiting them if they land this guy uh in the draft uh next year uh no question about that uh hopefully we can land on some winners here for this Thursday card is another great Ian segue uh, in the books there. Uh, let's get to the Thursday slate. We'll start with the Seattle Kraken and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto, a minus 210 home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. So I'm pretty confident the Leafs are going to do what they've done really repeatedly since the Christmas break, and that's put the puck in the net. They have been very good offensively, uh, this Toronto Maple Leafs team. Uh, we're looking at, for them, uh, very impressive. 19 goals for them in four games since the Christmas break. I mean, they've got their offense totally in gear right now. No question about that. Uh, they face a Seattle team that's won two straight against the Islanders and the Oilers. Uh, I like Seattle there at a live underdog price just because of the fact, you know, they got embarrassed by Edmonton uh, at home on the Friday night before that. And, and the over got there. We talked about that great trend with these Edmonton games off and under. What is that now? It's 11 and 1 by the way, now for overs in Edmonton games, often under in their previous game. I mean, that's just remarkable stuff. Just make sure you file that away in the back of your mind. It's just an incredible angle, and it cashed again in that Seattle-Edmonton game the other night. Uh, The Oilers, uh, sorry, the Kraken, rather, continue this uh, road trip here tonight against uh, Toronto. The Leafs, I would think, are going to be looking to tighten it up a little bit because they know they weren't happy with just – that ended up being just a pond hockey game. I was certainly thrilled to see it. I had the Leafs team total over and the full game over split with the Blues and the Leafs the other night, and I was certainly loving what I was seeing, but I know the coaches weren't. Uh, I know Sheldon Keefe probably not thrilled with uh, just the trading of chances uh, all night long, the breakdowns defensively, the turnovers with the puck, the puck management issues, which are suddenly creeping into Toronto's game again. I mean, this is the most baffling shit you'll ever see because they got three defensemen out, no Riley, no Brody, Muzzin's still out. These guys are probably three of their best defensemen. And the whole while those guys are out, here's Toronto tightening it up defensively, bearing down in their own end, playing as a five-man unit that is structured, forwards coming back to help out the blue line and back-checking more than they did previously. Just a great you know, five-man unit defensively. They were playing like all those games and all those weeks with all the injuries on the blue line. Now, slowly but surely, they get TJ Brody back a week or two ago. They get Riley back a few games ago, and it's back to up and down, and the defense is crumbling again. You know, they're giving up chances. They're turning the puck over. I mean, just you, you would think it's the reverse 
they have all the defensemen out, they struggle. And then when they get everybody healthy, they're they're tight. It's been the reverse. They get everybody back now, and they're getting worse yeah. defensively in their own zone. They're making more mistakes with the puck. It's it's hard to believe, but that's what we've seen uh, with the uh, Leafs here in recent games. So, you know, even the game against Colorado, uh, six to two, Colorado had a bunch of chances in that game. Murray was very good. No, they just haven't played good, sound defensive hockey. Uh, you've got Seattle on the flip side. Talked about how their goaltending night to night can't trust it whether it's Grubauer or whether it's Martin Jones. And here tonight, it looks like it's going to be Martin Jones in net for Seattle. Back to Matt Murray, as you would have expected for Toronto. It wasn't the greatest of nights for Ilya Samsonov against St. Louis, but I don't think it's all his fault. I think definitely the blue line in front of him wasn't great. So I think for me, this is going to be a split. And there's going to be a lot of these games on the card tonight where I'm splitting between a team total over and a full game over. This is one of them. I like Toronto team total over three and a half. I think they can very capably get to four goals against this Kraken team uh, over three and a half at about minus 135. And I think the over six and a half can get there as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Seattle, Toronto. Yeah, I like this over six and a half is a little too high. I probably will wait for something adjusted in game. Even if I get a six at a plus price or lay a dollar 25 with five and a half. I think they, I don't think there's going to be an, uh, an early enough goal to where we you know have to worry about that we can grab that live uh, play, and that's the way I want to attack this. But I don't want anything to do with a side or a total here. We saw Toronto, you know, one of those games where oh, you know, like we said it, they could either you know put the foot on the gas for 60 minutes, play a great game, or they can lay an egg. And it seemed like they were you know trending towards you know playing a good game. They completely blow it, lose six fives. I do think they will have a little bit of energy to them early. But like you said, I think they're going to be focused more on the defensive end as opposed to the offensive. They're trying to get that chemistry back with that blue line. And we talk about it, you know, when you have cluster injuries, things don't always just seal back because, oh, the six best players are now back in the blue line. Well, it takes time for them to to gel and get that chemistry back. You see the same thing with, with looking at forward groups as well. So, uh, you know, Toronto in due time, I think they'll, that defensive core will get back to what we saw uh, when everybody was hurt, but it's going to take a minute. And I think Seattle will be able to get some offense rolling, but Martin Jones has kind of regressed into his form as well. So definitely like the over, but I'd say wait and get a better adjusted price. All right. So uh, Alex is uh, eyeing the over, but maybe looking at something live, uh, five straight overs for Toronto, eight and two to the over in their last uh, 10 games as well. And a good prop game because I certainly think we're going to see uh, goals both ways uh, in this one. I still say Ellie Tolvanen, just picked up off waivers from Nashville, undervalued. He has a point to prove, chip on his shoulder. Felt the Predators gave up on him too early. That's probably what he thinks. And he's got a second chance here with Seattle. He scored in his first game with the Kraken. He's down on the third line with Yanni Gord and Oliver Bjorkstrand. So there's a decent prop look there, potentially. Matty Beneers is rolling. I can't talk anyone out at betting his props right now. Uh, Wenberg on the second line center spot's been good. I think he scored the other night. McCann. I mean, there's a, just a, a bunch of different options for Seattle. On the Leafs side, look, I know Bunting's been really good. I wouldn't say no to a prop bet goal or point prop for him. Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares, I get it, are the big names. Don't sleep on some of these down the lineup guys. And the reason why Toronto is dangerous right now, they've got the second and the third line rolling for them offensively. Alex Kerfoot is playing good hockey right now for Toronto offensively. He's picked it up uh, here in recent games. He's on a point streak. He's scored goals in multiple games lately. Alex Kerfoot might be worth a look. Pierre Engvall might be the best option right now for the Leafs in terms of value. He's gotten a point in six straight games, and he has scored now in back-to-back -back games for the Leafs against St. Louis and Colorado. 
So Pierre Engvall uh, is an absolutely terrific uh, option if you're looking for value tonight uh, for Leafs. You could get him to get a goal at a really solid number, plus 400 range type of price uh, with that. And wouldn't talk anyone too out of our guy. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali Yarn Croak, uh, still making things happen on that second line with Marner and Tavares as well. So uh, Cali Yarn Croak uh, consideration there as well. So a good prop game, lots of value uh, in that game in terms of player props. All right, Arizona, Philadelphia. We've got Philadelphia minus 150, home favorite, six the total in this game. Uh, this is an interesting spot here. Philly, a great road trip, a great California swing for the Flyers. I mean, very impressive. They swept the California teams, San Jose, Los Angeles, Anaheim. I think you made them a, at least a coin flip or at least gave them a puncher's chance to beat Anaheim and beat San Jose. I was surprised they beat Los Angeles, but they got that game as well, 4-2 uh, to two, uh, over the Kings. Uh, we'll see. Uh, if they can uh, maintain that success now as they return home uh, following that trip. It was actually a four-game trip, which started in Carolina. Uh, actually, a five-game trip. started in Toronto, then uh, to Carolina, and then out west, and now back home. So it ended up being a five-game road trip. Now they return home for this first game back. That's always a little bit of a tricky spot. Uh, Arizona, back-to-back -back losses against the Lightning and the Panthers. Uh, defensively, not good really in either game. They gave up uh, 10 goals uh, in uh, both of those uh, games. Uh, I believe uh, Vimelka, though, only got the start in one of those. It looks like in terms of tonight's game, Vimelka is in net for the Coyotes once again. Carter Hart will get the start for uh, the Philadelphia Flyers in this game. No, it was Vimelka in both of those games, I should say, against uh, Florida and Tampa. So it was a rough two games for him, a guy that has played well at times uh, this year. Uh, for the Arizona Coyotes, but you know, the team in front of them hasn't necessarily played that stingy, shut down, solid defensive hockey uh, that uh, we have seen at times this year, at least in little flashes, we've seen it from the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we'll see how uh, Carter Hart fares here uh, in this one. Uh, he's been up and down, more down than up lately, three goals allowed uh, or more in three straight starts uh, entering this game here for uh, errors uh, for the uh, Flyers, so not necessarily as good. Now, we typically think of him playing better at home. That's been the long-term historical trend with Carter Hart, uh, but you know, right now he's been up and down uh, of late. I like the I like the over here, I got to admit, and like I said, I didn't expect to be betting Philly over the total like this, but yeah, you can't uh, shy away from the fact that you know they have been scoring more goals lately. Uh, you know, we've seen their goals total six or more, their games total six or more goals now uh, in uh, seven of the last eight games, you know, and then you're looking at a total of six here in this game. You've got Vimelka and the Arizona team defensively not playing as well. Five and one to the over in the last six for the Coyotes. Uh, the Flyers have gone five and two to the over their last seven. Two straight head-to-head -head meetings between these clubs have gone over the total as well. And like I said, Philly scoring. I mean, it's been impressive. Tippett and Lawton and uh, a bunch of different guys stepping up for them right now. Noah Cates, Morgan Frost is finally starting to produce as the number one center uh, for this team. Uh, they have scored four-plus goals in five consecutive games. So I think goals are in the offing. And I think I might sprinkle on Arizona just a little bit here. Tricky spot. You know, you come back from that three-game swing. You're feeling good. Now you're laying a buck fifty. That's not the bet on spot. That's not the bet on price for me uh, with Philadelphia. So I might lean to the Coyotes here. And I think you get the Coyotes maybe 
bring in a little something extra. Can't be happy with the way they played down there in Florida. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Coyotes, Flyers. Yeah, I know a lot of people in the, in the chat are mentioning the draw, and I kind of do lean with that. There's a couple spots I like more with the draw, but I wouldn't be shocked to see this. It's definitely not a spot where uh, I'd be looking at the Flyers, 150, even on a three-game win streak. Uh, like I said, coming back home off of a successful road trip, that's usually a time where you see teams uh, lay eggs. I would probably look at the double chance with Arizona or draw uh, to go that route. But what I like even more is the first period over. Uh, only laying a dollar forty with one and a half. We've seen Arizona nine and four the last thirteen games uh, going over in the first period. Philly four straight uh, to the first period over. Like I said, Hart has been you know up and down. Vimelka has been a bit shaky at times. Vimelka is getting the start tonight and keeping uh, make a note of that because tomorrow Arizona plays at Chicago. And it would be Connor Ingram getting the start there. So probably going to be looking at maybe playing Arizona here in this spot and fading them tomorrow. Uh, this, this road trip is kind of getting a little bit long for them. But I like this first period over more than anything else. So I'm laying the dollar forty with a one and a half. There we go. That's the first period over here. One and a half. Uh, Coyotes and Flyers for Alex. Yeah, prop-wise, anyone I named on Philadelphia just a moment ago when I was talking about this game is probably someone you can go with here. Frost, Tippett. Barabee, Lawton, Cates, all of these guys are undervalued, and those have been the guys that have been stirring the pot offensively for the Philadelphia Flyers lately. Uh, Arizona, uh, Nick Schmaltz, top line, consider it always worth a look. Uh, how about all of a sudden lighting it up with five points in the last four games and goals in, I believe, three straight games? Yes, he scored against Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Florida. As Don Cherry always called him, Nick Ballstead. Uh, Nick Bukestad for the uh, – <laughs> that still cracks me up. Nick Bukestad for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Um, he's been really good lately, uh, and he's been chipping in offensively. So there's a good prop look there right now for the uh, Coyotes. He's feeling it uh, at the uh, moment. Chikrin, you know, this is a guy that's kind of showcasing himself, right, for the uh, trade deadline. He's picked things up big time in terms of his contributions offensively. He has five points, two goals in the last four games for Arizona. So if you can find Chikrin props. So there's some good options both ways here. And again, I think we'll see some goals in tonight. Philly a little sloppy after the road trip. little Because when you're coming off of the road trip like that, a lot of times you make mistakes with the puck defensively or a little step slow. And I think we might see that here tonight in this game. Nashville and Carolina. We've got uh, Carolina minus 220, uh, home favorites, six the total uh, in this one. Uh, Carolina, great run, of obviously, during the win streak. Terrific, terrific stretch of hockey. Comes to an end. Uh, their win streak getting snapped by the uh, New York Rangers uh, the other night, 5-3. to three. Uh, It was a rec 11 consecutive wins, 17 straight games with at least a point for Carolina. Coming to an end uh, in that 5-3 loss to the Rangers. Uh, on Tuesday night, something very special. Uh, Brady Shea saying the right things. We had something pretty special this week. We'll try and forget about this one, move on, and then try to get another streak going. The key word there is we'll try and forget about this one and move on. Will they forget about it and move on is the question. I don't like Carolina in this spot. I don't, I don't love the price, first of all. When you have that kind of win streak, uh, it, it becomes tricky uh, with, uh, you know, trusting the team to, put you know pump themselves right back up again like when you have you go that long and that many games in a row winning 11 for carolina and then you have the streak snapped not only have it snapped but you have it snapped by a team you wanted to beat badly like that was playoff revenge 
for Carolina on Tuesday night against the Rangers. And to lose to them again and have that team that knocked your ass out of the playoffs last year and then snapped your losing streak, that's a rough feeling right now for Carolina. So I think this honestly could be a live dog situation here with uh, Nashville tonight. Now, we know Carolina is the better of these two teams. There's no question. If Carolina brings their A game, they'll win, period. They're just better than Nashville, and they have won four in a row head-to-head over the Nashville Predators. Uh, Nashville's been inconsistent, no doubt about that. Uh, They've only gone three and three in their last six games. They can't seem to get on any sort of sustained success. I think two games has been their longest win streak, you know, in the last few weeks. Um, You know, when they beat uh, Edmonton and Chicago back to back, then they dropped two in a row to Dallas and Colorado. They beat a bad Anaheim team, a tough loss to Vegas where, you know, they got out to an early lead. Then they fell behind. Then they rallied to tie it. And then they lost in overtime 5-4 to Vegas. And then they beat up the Laval Rocket in their last game because that's what they are right now uh the montreal canadians six to three uh in their last game so uh you know there's just so much inconsistency in nashville's game but i do lean to the predators here it's going to be small stakes small play uh, probably a split two between the first period and the full game because this could be a spot too where nashville jumps on carolina early a little hangover after the new york game and having the streak snapped for carolina but then carolina the better team gets stronger as the game goes on they wake up and they still find a way to win the game. So that's why I think with Nashville here, if I'm going to bet it, I'm going to split between first period, full game with the money line. What do you think here, Alex? Preds, Kings? Yeah, I think that's actually the best option. Go Nashville first period and and maybe look for uh, a spot to play that small and then look for a spot to to jump on Carolina because I don't see them losing back-to-back games. And we saw Kachekov finally have a a bit of a rough game, and I was worried about that. I I said I like the – Carolina in that spot, but I was worried. I said if, if he if they lose this game to the Rangers, it would probably be Kachekov finally having uh, an off night, and that's exactly what he did. I don't know if he gets the start here. I don't expect him to have uh, another bad game against this Nashville squad. And like I said, you know, full game price is, is is pretty inflated. That's the only way you could look would be Nashville. But I would say maybe take a small sprinkling with Nashville first period. They come out of there with a one nothing lead, and then hop on Carolina alive, and they can come back and win this game. That's not a bad option either. Yeah, definitely is maybe looking at the live wager for uh, Carolina if they fall behind because there is some level of trepidation for me trusting Nashville and their seven and eleven. Let's be honest, that's not a good road record. Seven and eleven, they are uh, on the road. You know, trusting them to be able to win this game and in, in uh, going away. Uh, so again, they could pounce on Carolina early. It's usually Soros, by the way, confirmed in net for Nashville. We we think it'll be Piotr Kochekov for Carolina, coming off one of the roughest outings he's had, certainly all season long. Uh, but uh, certainly a good goalie. We know there's a lot of talent there. We'll see if he's able to uh, bounce back tonight for the uh, Canes. As far as the prop market, like this one, I think is going to be low, lower scoring. So uh, than the last two games we talked about, but. When you look at the lineup situation here, there's been some shuffling going on. Uh, Marty Natchez continues to produce for this team. He's gotten three goals in the last four games and just a six-game point streak, uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven points in the last six games. So you move into the country, you're going to meet me, Marty Natchez. Yeah, Martin Natchez still worth that look here for Carolina. He's been uh, obviously one of the favorite player props for me to target this season for them. The third line, which had been rolling. Remember I talked about Stahl's, Mart, Stahl, Martin, Nuke, and Faust. That third line for uh, Carolina, their production has been stunted a little bit here uh, the last couple of games. So 
maybe wait and see if they can uh, get things uh, going again for them. On the Nashville side, I mentioned Thomas Novak, and this guy keeps scoring for them. Uh, he just moved down the lineup the last game, and he still scored for Nashville. Thomas Novak, a great, great bargain uh, for the Predators, and he has been uh, a little bit of a lightning bolt offensively for them uh, lately. So there's a good option right there for the uh, Predators. And I might just be a homer here because this guy is not just from Hamilton. He's actually from Dundas, the little suburb of Hamilton where I am. Mark Jankowski, he's going to play on the second line for Nashville uh, tonight. Just a little home, and he's moving up the lineup. And he's from my home, so I got to bet that. little homer bet there. Uh, Jankowski to find the back of the net tonight for the uh, Nashville uh, Predators, even though we know a goal scorer he is not. Uh, all right, next up, we've got uh, St. Louis and New Jersey. Uh, in this next game, it is currently uh, New Jersey minus 170. Uh, home favorites in this game, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this one. Blues obviously got the win last night uh, against the Detroit Red Wings. It's a back-to-back -back spot uh, for the uh, Devils tonight as they return home and face the uh, Blues. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, get the uh, job done in this game. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't know about laying a buck seventy with this team right now. I'm not really all that in a rush to do it, uh, even that, though they're off a, a big-time uh, win against Detroit, trying to get on a little bit of a roll uh, after seeing them pretty much in the doldrums for the last month. I don't also want really want to back St. Louis either. They did pull through with a 6-5 to five shootout win against Toronto uh, on Tuesday night, but they are still very depleted. We know they're without O'Reilly. No, we know they're without uh, Tarasenko uh, as well for a long period of time, uh, this Blues team. Uh, you know, they overcame it against Toronto. And look, they wanted to beat Toronto too because Toronto beat them the week before in St. Louis. So give them credit, but still very shorthanded. O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Krug on the blue line still out. I know it's, but they, they found a way. And look, uh, Craig Berube kind of called out Saad, Shen, some of the veterans to be better going into that Blues-Leafs game. And I think both of them scored. They did. Both of them scored in that game, yeah. Saad and Shen for the Blues. So maybe there's some good prop looks for them tonight because I think Craig Berube got the old whip out and said, we need more from you guys now, especially with O'Reilly and Tarasenko uh, out of the lineup. Believe me, it's dog or pass here. Like I'm not laying a buck 70 with New Jersey and I ain't laying a buck 70 with Mac fucking Blackwood. You know, no, there's just no way that's going to happen right now. Blackwood shitting in the dead of night. No, we're not doing that right now. Uh, I need to see more from him uh, at the moment to uh, trust him at the moment. Uh, four goals allowed in the, Last start he made against Carolina. I mean, every time New Jersey got a goal for Blackwood in that game, he'd spit it right back out again uh, against Carolina uh, in that. So he need, he's got a lot to prove to me uh, right now, Blackwood. Uh, 3.05 goals against, 888 save percentage. I still think they need Banachek to be their number one guy. Uh, I think he's the better option, but obviously on a back-to-back, -back, Lindy Ruff, after having Banachek in last night, is going to probably go to Blackwood tonight. So... I'd probably go with a, maybe a St. Louis team total over. I think that's not bad. Uh, two and a half, by the way. you got to lay some juice. It's minus 150, but they should get to three goals here. The one thing the Blues have done, uh, even during their struggles, is score goals. They scored six against Toronto. Uh, you know, We saw them score four against Toronto, four against Vegas. They're capable of getting to three goals here, three against Chicago. They did get held to two by Minnesota. But I don't know if New Jersey's got that defense and goaltending right now that Minnesota does, and certainly less so with Blackwood 
uh, possibly in net tonight. So maybe a Blues team total over and certainly maybe the full game over here as well. It's hard not to look at St. Louis as a dead nuts over team right now because I, I want to mention something too about O'Reilly. We think about his offense and everybody just right away, Alex, they react to the offense that you lose without that guy. You lose defense. You lose penalty killing. You lose key parts of your defensive game as a team with Ryan O'Reilly, the captain out as well. And you saw it without him against Toronto. It was pond hockey. It was just no defense whatsoever. I'm sure they're going to try to tighten up, but they're a much worse defensive team without O'Reilly. It's one of their best defensive forwards. So don't sleep on that. Uh, so for me, it would be Blues team total over and a full game over split probably in this game. What do you think here, Alex? St. Louis, New Jersey. Yeah, I'm taking a shot here with the Blues. That, uh, I actually got plus 160 this morning. Uh, we've seen some money come back in. New Jersey has lost seven straight at home. They've also lost eight of the last 11 meetings against the Blues at home and certainly was 16 and five the last 21 meetings overall against New Jersey. So those are some strong trends to go with. Like you said, this is a Devils team that I think is still not in great form, definitely not in the form to be laying $1.60, $1.70 with. Uh, I think St. Louis finds a way. And like you said, three goals, three, four goals might be all you need tonight. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring of, of a game here, even though St. Louis is trending to the over. Uh, I'm taking a shot with the, with the Blues. I could see them squeaking this out to be kind of a close 3-2 victory. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Blue Stogger pass for me as well. I mean, I'm not laying a buck seventy with uh, New Jersey tonight. Uh, we don't have goalies confirmed. Again, we're pretty damn sure that it's Blackwood for New Jersey, and we think it'll be Bennington for uh, St. Louis. But, uh, again, we don't have those confirmed right now. You're right, St. Louis head-to-head -head has done quite well uh, against New Jersey. We'll see if that carries over to this uh, game tonight. Uh, as far as the uh, props go, this is probably a good one to look at a few things uh, as far as that goes. And, again, there's going to be players in new roles right now, uh, especially for St. Louis because of who they're without. You know, they're going to have to pick up the slack uh, and get that offense going. Uh, uh, Saad and Shan, as I mentioned, got a kick in the pants the other night from the coach. Thomas and Kairou on the top line may be worth a look. Don't sleep on Levo and Neighbors. You know, Jake Neighbors is starting to get more power play time, too. So if you really want to go bargain hunting, uh, Jake Neighbors uh, and Levo on that third line for St. Louis might be a consideration. For New Jersey, I think you go, you know, Hughes is just lighting it up every night uh, right now. Uh, for this uh, Devils team. So you can it's hard not to include him, especially if you're doing the same game parlays, putting him in some uh, SGPs. Uh, Jesper Bratz on a roll too, so that's a good option right now for the Devils. So another situation where you've got some good prop options with that Blues and Devils game. All Maybe right, even, next uh, up. Dougie Hamilton too would be another yes. one I'd look at. Yeah. Great call. He, he had a great, great goal the other night. Great call. Jumping up into the play even more right now. I think it's because at times during this bad run of the Devils, offense has been the problem you know they had struggled to score goals so i think dougie sensed that and said you know what let's uh let's get involved let's jump into the play let's become more activated from the blue line and you're seeing that in his results right now no question all right rangers and canadians next up minus 200 road favorites six the total uh in this one it was so much fun to do it i'm going to do it one we'll do this every show but we're going to do it one more time the neil diamond here we'll roll it out here the montreal canadians traveling blue line shit show give up the goals give up the puck like everyone knows and everyone knows the canadians blue line shit show yeah and it is a blue line shit show right now uh for the montreal canadians i mean it's tough on marty saint louis it really is i mean uh he doesn't have an nhl blue line at his disposal right now, be it because of injury, uh, because of lack of depth, uh, because of a lot of issues right now 
uh, that just don't permit him to put out an NHL caliber blue line on the ice every night. Uh, so it's been a tough run for him in that regard. And you're seeing it play out here since the Christmas break. This has been a just a wretched run defensively for the Montreal Canadiens. What do they give up? Seven to Florida, nine to Washington, another six spot uh, against Nashville. And I know you jumped on that Predators team total uh, over the other night against Montreal. And you were yeah. concerned, even I was a little bit. It's not like Nashville lights up the uh, the tote board every night when it comes yeah. to scoring goals. And even they were able to get to six uh, against the Montreal Canadiens the other night. So they just can't keep the puck out of the net. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Matheson is a huge loss. He's a veteran presence. He's very good. Caden Gooley was the best young defenseman they had. He's on IR, playing the best, I mean, in the most minutes. He's out. And you got Edmondson and a bunch of youngsters that aren't ready for the minutes they're being asked to play. Harris and Kovacevic and even my guy, Arbor Jackeye, you're asking a lot of them. He's got to play a lot more minutes and Weidman. So, yeah, it's a tough spot right now with this blue line. They just, they're not, they're, they can't defend at the moment, unfortunately. And it's been tough on Allen and Montembeau. And, you know, a lot of it's been the players and the play in front of those goalies, but they deserve some blame too. They could be better, Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau, uh, than they've been. So it's just been a mess defensively for Montreal. Uh, we've been taking the team totals of every Montreal opponent lately, uh, and that's what we're going to do here. Rangers team total over three and a half. But I'm also going to put that with the full game over six in this game because we do apparently have a Yaroslav Halak confirmation in net tonight for the uh, New York Rangers. And although he has been better lately, I don't want to make it sound like he's been, he's still that same, you know, struggling goaltender. He was early uh, in the season, but nevertheless, his numbers are still below average 3.04 goals against average 893 save percentage. Yeah. He's facing his former team. He was with Montreal uh, eons ago, uh, but nevertheless, I think, you know, it's still going to be uh, a drop off obviously from, Igor Shosturkin, when you go to uh, Yaroslav Halak, again, 3.04 goals against 893 save percentage. So I think definitely Montreal, especially back home. The one thing about Montreal is they have been giving you a better effort on home ice. No question about that. And it wouldn't shock me after just getting truly embarrassed on that road trip if they you know, show up and play hard tonight. I just don't know if they can defend well enough to win this game. And I still think the Rangers are very – the way the Rangers are going offensively, too, is something we should talk about as well. Uh, I've been very impressed. Uh, the big guns are carrying the way for this team. Uh, they're getting some of the defense chipping in offensively right now. Uh, this is a Rangers team that has scored 10 goals now in the last two games in the victories against Florida and Carolina, uh, and a Montreal team that, as I said, just can't keep the puck out of the net. So even with a better inspired effort from the Canadians back on home ice after that dreadful road trip, I still think we get the Rangers to get to four goals. So I like Rangers team total over three and a half, as well as over six uh, for the full game. Alex, what do you think here? Rangers, Canadians. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And honestly, I, I wish I had waited for the whole lot confirmation because I would have stayed off of Rangers team total. just went straight to uh, the full game over six. But I like both. And like I said, you know, it, it's not a bad bet right now to, to take team totals against the Habs right now, the way this defense and, uh, and the goaltending has been right now. But with Halak, until he elevates his game, uh, you know, the only way you can look for the any Ranger game would be a full game over. And maybe even a sprinkle with the first period. And maybe this is one of those, if they start off a little bit tight, you get some value and wait for that uh, over the drop down to five and a half and a plus price and jump in on that as well. So I'm going to have the same two plays you have. Rangers team total over and over six. But I'm, this might be one of those games where I look to sprinkle a little bit more 
uh, if we don't see any goals early, I think the, the floodgates could open more in the second and third periods. All right, very good. So Rangers team total over for Alex and maybe look at a live over as well if it gets off uh, to a slow start. This isn't a great Rangers spot, I agree. I do agree with what Mr. Dillon is saying in the chat. They're off the big win against Carolina. Could be a little flat, maybe. But boy, I mean, the defending has just been so bad for Montreal. That And plus, I've cast all these team total overs with the opponent, the opposition of the Canadians, what, three, four games in a row now? Even if it falls short tonight, we're still way up plus money uh, doing this uh, game in and game out. So, And by the way, you would think Montreal returning home, maybe the defense, maybe because of the crowd on your side, you're back home, familiar surroundings, it'll get a better, stronger defensive effort out of the team. But you look at the last two times they were at home, it was a long time ago, Tampa Bay and Anaheim, December 15th and 17th, those were the last two games they were at home. They gave up five in both of those games to the Lightning and the Ducks. So again, just it, it's been a defensive monstrosity uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. And while it could be a letdown spot for the Rangers, I caution you, yeah, the, the, the road trip was broken up by the Christmas break a little bit, but you're still talking about a seven-straight road game stretch for the Montreal Canadiens. Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, Tampa, Florida, Washington, Nashville. It's a lot of games on the road, and now you're back home. And, yeah, it could be a flat spot for the Rangers or the lackadaisical spot. It could also be a tricky spot for Montreal on the road that long coming back home. So makes it kind of a cancel-out spot, in my opinion, as far as bad spot versus bad spot. Uh, in this game all right great stuff so far that's the first half of the nhl card hit the like button for those of you watching on youtube we'll break down and analyze the second half of this massive thursday nhl card uh, right after we hear from our good friends at gramco all right whether you or your team's game is on the field screen racetrack or on the ice gramco is for the game grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we're back here on the Ice Guys. A couple props, too, in that Rangers-Habs game. We do have some lineup shuffling going on. I mean, Caulfield's ridiculous right now. He's the one guy scoring every game for Montreal. I wouldn't say no, but you're obviously not getting the prices you are with some of the other players, but Caulfield's on fire right now. Uh, Slavkovsky on the second line, moving on up. Dvorak, too, so there's two options, undervalued, moving up to the second line for the Canadians tonight. As far as the Rangers go, um, Kako on the first line is starting to heat up. Kratsov on the second line may be worth a look as well uh, tonight. Uh, although we know uh, Panarin's starting to go, Zibanejad and Kreider have been good, but don't sleep on Kratsov and Kako, you know, from a value standpoint for Ranger props here tonight uh, in this one. Uh, all right, uh, next up here as we continue along on this massive Thursday uh, NHL slate, uh, next up we've got uh, Washington and Columbus. Uh, it is Washington minus 210 uh, home road favorites uh, in this game. Uh, total currently sitting at uh, six uh, and a half, shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, you know, we talk about Washington, awful loss, by the way, 
to the Buffalo Sabres on uh, Tuesday night. You know, the one thing, Alex, and credit to you, because you took Buffalo, and then I was twisted my arm basically to take Buffalo. I like what you were saying. Plus, I like the price. And I knew Buffalo after the Boston, the Ottawa loss. They seemed to rise up against the good teams. They did that. But the one thing I didn't even consider, and I don't know if even you mentioned it on the show, talking about when you like Buffalo against Washington, was the emotions for playing for their brotherhood team, their brother team in the city, the Buffalo Bills and the DeMar Hamlin stuff. And sure enough, there they are decked out in number three shirts, uh, entering the arena the other night against Washington. Obviously, in their minds, in their hearts, and in their thoughts was DeMar Hamlin you know, who plays for another pro sports team in the same city. Uh, and there was that little extra little, you know, in, intangible, if you will, uh, on the Sabres side uh, Tuesday night. Uh, and they ended up getting the uh, victory over Washington and the Capitals, of course, on the losing end of that, even though Alex Ovechkin ended up having a couple of uh, goals in that game. Not enough to beat the Buffalo Sabres the other night. They'll be looking to bounce back here uh, on the road against this uh, Columbus uh, Blue Jackets team. And, uh, Look, that Ottawa game for Columbus, that's the last time I'm taking them on the road. Maybe on occasion I'll bet them at home, but, I mean, their road record now after that loss is 2-13 and this season on the road for the Jackets, and they end up getting shut, not just lose, but shut out by the Ottawa Senators 4 nothing uh, the other night in that game. They're now 1-8 and in their last nine games. Uh, you'd think Washington can bounce back here. They have won four of the last five meetings against Columbus including two straight here in uh, Columbus. Uh, and the last one was last year in March, and it was ugly for the uh, Jackets. They lost 7-2 to two, uh, to the Washington Capitals uh, in that game. You'd think Washington here, uh, a situation where they should be able to bounce back. This is the first of a back-to-back. They do host Nashville uh, tomorrow night, the uh, Capitals. So from a goaltending standpoint, who do they go with tonight? They decided on Darcy Kemper. Uh, for this game tonight for the uh, Capitals. And look who's back uh, in between the pipes for uh, Columbus tonight. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens, his first start since December the 13th. And another opportunity for him to try to get his game back. And that's where he's at right now. He is, doesn't have his game right now. He hasn't had his game for a long time. Uh, 4-8, 4.68 goals against average, 864 save percentage. We've seen a lot of fits and starts with Merzlikens in terms of he has a six-game stretch, he gets hurt, or something happens, and he's out for a bit, or he struggles, and he gets benched for a bit, and then he comes back, and we say, okay, an opportunity maybe for him to find his game, and he still can't find his game. We've said it repeatedly on this show. I think he needs to get the hell out of Columbus. I think he needs a fresh change of scenery. He needs to get away from the trauma and the tragedy that occurred with Matisse Kivlenix. Uh, obviously, uh, that shook him up quite a bit. Uh, definitely, I think he just needs to get out of there. And I, I, he may not get his game improving until he finds a, 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 a change of scenery, hits the reset button, and finds himself elsewhere. You know, that's kind of what I think now. So to me, I would only look Washington in regulation. You can actually get, you know, a decent price here with it, around minus 130 or so uh, with Washington in regulation. But more than that, uh, I like the team total. I'm just going to zone in on that. Washington team total over three and a half, minus 120 or so is what you're looking at here. I'm not going to ask the Jackets to do anything because I don't trust them offensively right now. They have scored just uh, four goals in the last four games, this Jackets team. They have been dormant uh, offensively. So I'm just going to focus on the Capitals and and ask them to score four, which I think they can here. So Capitals team total over three and a half. Alex, Washington, Columbus. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that Washington team total. And and you mentioned it about – the last game of Washington Buffalo. I thought this was 
just it's interesting how things work out sometimes. Tage Thompson gets the hat trick, so three goals. He scores his 30th goal of the year to win the game, and that was uh, exactly three minutes into overtime. So, you know, the show the that solidarity, of course, like I said, with the, the teammates and, and, uh, and Hamlin and Buffalo have things line up like that sometimes to just come out, and it's always fascinating to see that. But uh, with the Caps, I mean, they played a, a great game in, in, in that battle, and they're going to battle, you know, throughout. They're going to, you know, bring the offense now. This is the, the Capitals team that we kind of, you know, were expecting to see a little bit from an offensive standpoint, but they've been actually turning in some halfway decent defensive battles as well, and that's why they've been winning games. Uh, so team total three and a half and minus $1. twenty, definitely a play on here. Uh, Elvis back in for Columbus. Not sure if he's going to just be fully ready right out of the gate. He could be a bit rusty. So I think this is a, a decent spot, decent number here for Washington to go over that team total. All right, liking the team total over here as well, Alex, for the uh, Capitals. Uh, over three and a half in this game against the uh, Jackets. Uh, as far as the uh, prop market goes, you know, one person I was going to recommend here for Washington, I mentioned him the other night and he scored in the game against Buffalo. And unfortunately he's out now and that's tricky. Nicky Dowd. I mean, this guy's just been roaring, rip roaring offensively from down in the lineup too. This guy only plays on the fourth line most nights. And yet here he is, he's finding a way to put the puck in the net uh, most nights lately for the Capitals. I mean, this guy since December 19th, uh, he has scored five goals uh, in the last seven games uh, for the uh, Capitals, but he's out tonight for Washington. And that's actually a bigger loss than you would think. Normally, you know, yawn when it's a fourth liner that's out of the lineup. But Nick Dowd has been very good uh, for the uh, Washington Capitals uh, of late. It looks like Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Shiri, Milano, Strom, Oshie are top six uh, going into this uh, game tonight. Sheary is the one that I think continues to be undervalued. He's just been really good up on that top unit with OV uh, for the uh, Capitals. For Columbus, I don't know how much they're going to score, so don't go crazy with their props tonight uh, in this game. They're struggling right now big time to put the puck in the net. But I will recommend one player, Emil Bemstrom. Okay, this guy is going to be in that patented number one line, top line right wing spot, and this has been a revolving door. All season long, Lion A was out for a long period and they had to fit some, so many different players, got an opportunity on that spot with Goudreau and Kent Johnson. And it looks like it's going to be Emil Bemstrom tonight, uh, who's capable. And actually, they haven't scored a lot lately, but Bemstrom has scored two goals in the last three games for the Jackets. And he's going to get that opportunity on the uh, top line tonight for them. So uh, definitely worth a look. Yeah, Eric Gustafson, Cubano's Cheesecake, you're right. I mean, this guy's just been insane with the point production lately for Washington uh, from the blue line. He's a defenseman and he's got a seven game, 13 point streak going. Yeah. 13 points in the last seven games here for Eric Gustafson. Uh, pretty insane stuff. Three, five, six, seven, nine, ten. Yeah. 13 points uh, in the last eight games. Now he actually was held without a point for a rare occasion against Buffalo the other night, but that's incredible production. So point props for sure on Gustafson. And if you can sprinkle on that goal prop, you're seeing plus 560. I wouldn't say no to that. Uh, Gustafson has scored six goals for the Washington Capitals from the blue line. Remember, he's a blue liner. He has scored six goals in the last eight games for the Washington Capitals. And you can get plus 560. So that's a good find there by our guy, uh, Cubano's Cheesecake. Maybe a couple bucks on that if you're so inclined. All right, we got the Islanders and the Oilers. Uh, Edmonton minus 150, home favorites, six the total. Here's a team once again, Edmonton, in one of these situations where they're trying to talk about how they've got to play better 
on the back end, better defense. And we've seen Edmonton go through these issues before. Uh, they're now questioning themselves defensively again after Seattle erupted in the second period to take control of the game against Edmonton the other night, and they ended up winning 5-2 to two, uh, in that game. We'll see if they can uh, bounce back with a better uh, effort here on home ice tonight against the uh, Islanders. Uh, this is a game where I, I think you can make a case for both sides. First of all, the Islanders, at this price, you can certainly make a case for them uh, because of what we've seen from Edmonton with just all this incredible inconsistency. I mean, a team that's just four and six in their last 10 games, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. You know, you, you're not really sure if you're going to get a consistent game at both ends of the ice from them night in and night out. And then on the other side of the fence here, you've got the New York Islanders who've won four of their last five. The only loss was Seattle uh, four to one uh, on Sunday night in a spot where Seattle was coming off that embarrassment against Edmonton on their home ice. So you figured it was going to be a good effort from the crack in that night. And they did show it uh, against the Islanders. Uh, I mean, do lean over simply because of uh, the Islanders trending that way all of a sudden a little bit lately. Edmonton certainly up and down offensively, but this is going to be more of a prop game for me uh, rather than either side. There are some props that do stick out uh, and make some sense to me uh, here in this game. We'll start with the Islanders. Uh, we've got some shuffling with their lineup tonight as well. Uh, by the way, Atu Ratty, who has been on the fourth line for them, He's scoring, though. He scored two games since he's been called up, even though he's only on the fourth line. Nice little bargain bin there. Uh, Hudson Fashing has moved up to the second line. I, I wouldn't talk anyone out of looking at a prop involving him. The big move is Casey Sezikis, another Don Cherry special. He'd always call him Casey Sedidas. Uh, but, yeah, Casey Sezikis moving up to the uh, top line, it looks like, for the Islanders, alongside Matt Barzal and Josh Bailey uh, for this game. So, and one thing about Sezikis, I, I think he's not a bad fit for that line because of the fact that he works hard. He's a great four-checker. He's physical. He can create open space, you know, for his line mates and find that opening. And he has gotten three points and a goal uh, in the last two games for the uh, New York Islanders. So uh, I definitely think uh, it's uh, a prop worth looking at. On the Edmonton side of things, this is one that's maybe – Alex uh, and everybody in the chat, one of my favorite props of the entire night here in the NHL for the Edmonton Oilers. Hmm. And this is, I, th I think he's capable of taking advantage uh, of this opportunity that he's going to have tonight. Obviously, Jay Woodcroft's looking for a spark. He's looking for someone to finally fill that number, that right wing spot, or, or actually the left wing spot, I should say, on the top line. Because it's been McDavid and Hyman together for games, and they keep putting that Pooley up there, and he can't put a puck in the fucking ocean uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. And I think even Jay Woodcroft saying, I can't keep giving that guy that spot. And he's down to the third line now with McLeod and Fogle. They're not going to break up the Nuge, Dreisaitl, and Yamamoto. That's been a good line for Edmonton. So who's going to get that spot with McDavid and Hyman on the top line, which normally, of course, would be a Vander Kane spot. And, of course, he's injured. Clem Costin is going to get that spot tonight for the Edmonton Oilers on the top line. And I think what, and I've seen a lot of Edmonton games. Um, he has been very noticeable. He's had chances every night. He's worked hard. He's put himself in position to score goals. I think Jay Woodcroft's bang on here. And he's a smart guy. I, I, when, I, when he makes coaching decisions, I trust them more often than not. He sees what I see. Clem Costin's been noticeable. He's been physical. He's been going to the tough areas to score goals. He has three goals in the last three games for Edmonton, and that's when he was down the lineup. Now he's going to play with McDavid and with Hyman. He does have offensive confidence. 
like I said, three goals in the last three games down the lineup, playing on the third line before tonight. And now he's elevated to the number one line alongside Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. And you can get Clem Costin tonight in this game to score a goal in the plus uh, 520 range in some books tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Absolute thievery of a price. Thievery. Three goals in the last three games. He wasn't even on the top line uh, in those games. He was on the third line. Now he gets to play with the best player in the world and a pretty damn good player in his own right and Zach Hyman. And you can get a great, great price here on Mr. Costin here uh, to find the uh, back of the net for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. We're talking upwards of plus 520 uh, in some books, even plus 400 or more in a lot of other books. So great price there, Costin. Uh, goal scorer tonight for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Islanders, Oilers. You know, I'm going to actually do the reverse of what I'm doing in another game. I'm going to go and wait for a goal early in this contest and then look for the under here in this spot. Try to get six and a half at a better price. Uh, Islanders have struggled in Edmonton, lost nine of the last ten meetings there. Edmonton hasn't won much on the, at home. They've lost five straight uh, at home. The under eight and two the last ten meetings at Edmonton, 16-6-1 and one, the last 23 overall. Uh, and I, I just don't trust, like I said, with Edmonton, knowing they have to be more responsible in the back end and with Campbell starting, I think that might take a little bit of the edge off of this offense. And we've seen that sometimes, too, with Edmonton, where, you know, they get so focused on, on being uh, responsible defensively. And if McDavid's not the one showing up, carrying the load, scoring all the goals himself, they get kind of quiet. And you know the Islanders aren't going to exactly push the tempo. Like I said, it's mostly them getting scored on, the reason why we've seen those overs coming in. So, uh, I think we might have a chance for a live under here. Look for a six and a half. Hopefully we get a goal in the first couple of minutes and wait for that six and a half to drop down anywhere in the minus 125, 120 range. That's when I would strike for a live under. All right. I, uh, looks like we have Sorokin and Jack Campbell, by the way, confirmed goaltenders tonight uh, in this game. So uh, here, here's another golden, golden opportunity for Jack Campbell. We just saw Skinner lose one. You know, Campbell's in net tonight. Uh, against the Islanders. he last start was December 31st, New Year's Eve against the Jets. He actually played well. Now, he didn't face many shots. He stopped 15 shots, only gave up two, uh, uh, one goal, or two goals, rather. But it was better. That being said, he's got to keep showing even more improvement than that tonight. But it's another opportunity. You know, we'll see if he can step up to the plate here and uh, for the uh, Oilers tonight. So this, like I said, side and total, I'm not really enamored with either. Uh, in this game, because I think the Oilers are coming to play tonight. Uh, just from everything I'm reading, everything I'm seeing, they weren't thrilled with their team game against Seattle. They're frustrated. They're they're fed up with it. So I'm going to give them a chance to show. It. I'm certainly not going to lay though a buck fifty with the Oilers and with Campbell in that. But I'm a little reluctant to go against them tonight uh, in this spot. So I'm sticking more to the props. Sezikis for the Islanders, um, bashing for the Islanders, and the the one I like the most is Clem Costin. Uh, on that top line with McDavid and Hyman. Great price. And he scored three goals in the last three games and now on the top line. Great opportunity for him tonight uh, in this game. All right. Uh, next up, as we continue along here, we've got Pittsburgh and Vegas. Uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins continue to struggle. Uh, and Vegas hasn't exactly been lighting it up either. Someone's going to win this game. Uh, we've got even money both sides here. Minus 110. Uh, the total uh, currently sitting at uh, six across the board. I have a hard time betting either side in this game. Although I will say Vegas maybe starting to get healthier at the moment. Definitely they are because it looks like Jack Eichel is coming back tonight uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. The last I heard is that he was skating. He was at practice. Uh, he's going to have that opportunity possibly to return to the lineup tonight. 
and it sounds like he is going to be a go for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, in that uh, in back in the lineup tonight. They're saying game time decision some spots, but uh, will probably play unless there's a setback. He's obviously going to take the pregame skate, and if he doesn't have any setback, he's feeling good. Uh, then he will be back uh, in the lineup tonight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, in this game. But I love what Bruce Cassidy is likely going to do with Eichel. Eichel normally plays on the top line. We know that. But he's got something really good going with the top line that's been in the lineup for repeated games in a row for the Golden Knights. So it sounds like Jack Eichel, if he plays tonight, they're actually going to put him back on the second line in his return tonight uh, instead of the top line for the Vegas Golden Knights, which means on the second line, uh, he would slot in uh, playing alongside uh, Nick Waugh uh, and also, uh, as I look down here, yeah, Nick Waugh and uh, Riley Smith uh, on the uh, second line. Uh, that's likely where Eichel's going to go tonight if he plays. The reason for that is because Bruce Cassidy's got something really going, and he doesn't want to upset the chemistry with Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, and our guy, he is the the he is our favorite player in the league right now. Everybody on this show, myself included, Michael Amadio uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Amadio Stevenson and Stone have been brilliant as a line for the Vegas Golden Knights. In fact, that line has carried this hockey team uh, for the last several games with all of these injuries. Uh, they have been getting the job done. They have been very solid uh, for the Golden Knights. If you look at all three of them and their numbers. Uh, all of them have been uh, getting uh, offensive production going uh, for this team. Uh, Stevenson, uh, I'm just looking at his numbers. Uh, yeah, he's got a whopping seven point nine points in the last six games for the Vegas Golden Knights. Mark Stone is on a six-game point streak. He's got four goals, and he's got a whopping uh, 11 points uh, in the last six games for the Golden Knights. And then it goes without saying what our guy Michael Amadio is doing. Five goals in the last six games. I think he's got close to double-digit points in those games as well. Um, so he doesn't want to, you know, take that line apart, Bruce Cassidy, even with Jack Eichel returning. So I give Cassidy credit for that. It's the right call. They've got chemistry right now, that three, that trio on the top line. He doesn't want to screw it up uh, right now. So looks like Eichel, if he returns, will be on the second line. Again, they're starting to slowly but surely get a little bit healthier. Now, they still have issues on the back end. Theodore, uh, White Cloud, uh, still out. Martinez is on IR. I mean, they're still very banged up on the blue line. Marcia So and Cotter look like they're still out up front. So they're still very shorthanded, but at least having Eichel back uh, is going to help this team a little bit uh, going into this game tonight. I don't think they're getting anybody back on the blue line, unfortunately. It looks like we're going to go with Nick Haig, Petrangelo, Braden McNabb, Caden Korchak, Ben Hutton, and Braden Pahal. Looks like that's going to be your blue line for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights tonight. But I was on Colorado the other night, Alex, team total over against this depleted Vegas blue line, and Vegas beats them 3-2, to two, and they hang in there. Now, they did hang in there. They were leaking oil late. It was Colorado was swarming them, kind of a hang-on-for-dear-life scenario for the Golden Knights, but they did, and Logan Thompson was immense in net protecting that lead. Uh, no question about that. But still, I have my doubts about you know Vegas being a great shutdown defensive team. I don't know if I'm going to bet this game side or total. Pittsburgh's really struggling. They, they have a crisis of confidence right now. They can't close games. They can't hold leads. That has been an issue for the Penguins. They're off the you know, the wonderful spectacle that was the Winter Classic uh, against the Boston Bruins at Fenway Park. Uh, and now you all of a sudden have to tri 
fly all the way out to the West Coast. It's not a great spot for Pittsburgh. They're struggling. I guess I'd lean Vegas, but I also think Pittsburgh could score some goals against this banged-up team. So I'm kind of conflicted here with this one. I might do a Pittsburgh team total over, Vegas money line maybe, you know, and hope maybe both of them can hit. <laughs> Vegas can win a 4-3 or a 5-4 kind of game. I guess that would have me looking over the total as well, but – um, I'm, I'm all over the place. As a Pittsburgh team total, I think is a good bet over because of Vegas's issues on the de- defensive side of things. But I also think Vegas is starting to get their confidence back. They get their big gun Eichel back uh, at home. Minus one ten kind of looks cheap. I think the full game over could get there. And it's Aiden Hill, by the way, not Logan Thompson in net for the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. So that could enhance the offense as well. So all over the place with this game. And you know, from a prop standpoint. Michael Amadio has already been bet to score a goal. You know it. He scored again against Colorado, cast another, what, plus 500 in that game. Bet 365 did a bang-up job making a severe adjustment, plus 450. Yeah, 50-cent adjustment, that's it. Should be a lot more than that with what he's doing right now. Uh, Amadio to score, you can get it as high as plus 450 right now at Bet365, one of my favorite props going in the NHL the last week or so. Pittsburgh in terms of props, uh, Kapanen. I think actually is worth a look. Kapanen to me has been better and better lately. Uh, if you want to go down for some value, uh, Kapanen and Kapanen might get more ice time as, as, as things go along here for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins as well. That might be a value laden prop. I'd also consider Rust, Zucker, and uh, Raquel. Those are always three props of interest for me when it comes to the Penguins. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Interesting game, Pittsburgh, Vegas. It, it is. And like I said, with a lot of banged up pieces and a lot of moving parts, I like this first period over. I think this is going to be kind of a, a sloppy start, not necessarily just a fast and crisp start, but I think we're going to see some goals. I think we're going to see some garbage goals in this game uh, and a lot of back and forth pace with these two clubs. Like you mentioned, Aiden Hill has been in that. He's won some games, but he hasn't been just a, you know rock solid in, in a lot of his starts. And with that blue line kind of crumbling in front of him, I think Pittsburgh finally gets a chance because they haven't been scoring a lot on the road. I think they get a chance to get off to a, to a hot start early. So I like this first period over. It's minus $1.35 at BetMGM. I, I wouldn't mind anybody even waiting and playing this in-game. Let that get down to maybe $1.10, somewhere in the pick range, even a plus price. You might be taking a risk if you're waiting for it to get any, any larger uh, than a pick price. But I, I definitely would look for this first period over. All right, Alex, looking at the uh, first period over here uh, with the uh, Penguins and the uh, uh, Golden Knights. I hate to be this wishy-washy on a game where I'm saying I like this, I like this, and it's things from both sides, but uh, we're giving you good info. It's just the thoughts, because I could see Pittsburgh team total overhitting. I could see Vegas winning the game. Uh, I could be, uh, I could see, because Pittsburgh struggling, You know, I could see the game going over the total. Uh, you know, I could see a bunch of different things. I could even see an under here, but I just think with that Vegas blue line just beaten up right now, and I know they shut down Colorado, but you shut down loosely. I mean, they were swarming Vegas, and there was a post there as well, and they were hanging on, and they couldn't get the puck out, and they hung on and beat Colorado the other night, but it wasn't easy. That blue line survived it, but it wasn't a Picasso of defensive shutdown effort. Uh, by the shorthanded blue line. Keep that in mind. And now they have Hill in that, not Thompson, who was a big part in bailing them out uh, against Colorado uh, the other night. Uh, all right, uh, Colorado and Vancouver now next up. We've got Colorado minus 150, road favorites, six the total in this game. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, thought, well, if you get Nathan McKinnon back, uh, we'll see if this Avalanche team can get on a little bit of a run. Well, McKinnon's been back for two games. They're 0-2. 
<laughs> so it hasn't happened. Uh, they lose to uh, the Leafs and the Golden Knights, but uh, against Vegas, uh, again, they had just so many chances to tie that game late, and they, the puck just was not going to go in uh, for the Colorado Avalanche late in that game. That being said, the urgency, Alex, has to start rising for Colorado because all of a sudden, you know, they're on the periphery in this playoff race uh, in the Western Conference. So they need to get their game back together. They need to start winning some hockey games again. The question is going to be, will they be capable of doing it? Uh, Because this is now a four-game losing streak for this team and the last two since McKinnon uh, returned to the lineup uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. So we'll see uh, if they can uh, bounce back tonight, finally get off the uh, schneid. And keep in mind, they're still without Manson on the blue line. Uh, still without Byram. Uh, Landeskog is nearing a return, not ready to come back yet. Big Val Nachushkin is still out. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, day-to-day with an upper body injury. He was out of the Vegas game because of that injury. We'll see if he's able to return uh, tonight for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, but not a certainty uh, as of yet. Um, but that, all that being said, with the four-game loss, four-game four losing streak here that Colorado's on, Alex, doesn't it feel like this is their breakout night potentially? kind of feels that way to me. I mean, because Vancouver just continues to sputter, continues to be, you know, horrendous defensively, especially on home ice, guys. I mean, the, it, this is really, really pathetic how they play on home ice. Other than the San Jose win, 6-2, to two, I mean, they have had a really – and a miracle comeback against Seattle right before the Christmas break. The home record's been dreadful. I mean, we've seen them get shut out by Minnesota. They give up five to Winnipeg and a 5-1 loss at home, 5-1 loss to St. Louis at home. Uh, you know, they end up giving up a 6-2 loss to the Islanders uh, in their last home game uh, the other night. Uh, they are now 7-11 and on home ice this year, uh, the Vancouver Canucks. It's just been very, very disappointing uh, from their standpoint, the way they have played. Uh, we'll see if JT Miller can get along with the starting goaltender tonight. Uh, that's been an issue. Uh, of course, Colin Delia, breaking my heart. Yeah, Colin Delia uh, in net tonight for the uh, Vancouver uh, Canucks. Uh, and uh, definitely, I, I don't think it even matters, Delia or Spencer Martin at this point. The defense is just pathetic in front of both of these guys. Now, Delia did play well uh, in his uh, last start against uh, Winnipeg, actually. Three goals, but faced 38 shots. And actually, the Edmonton game, December 23rd, he was in net. They won that game 5-2. He played very well in that game, too. Two goals allowed on 33 shots. But can that keep going that way with this blue line still being just a disaster for the most part in front of them? I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I lost with the Colorado team total over on uh, Tuesday night against Vegas. I'm going back to the well with it here. Uh, over three and a half here at around. Actually, you can get plus a hundred, minus one ten. I mean, that's all you. That's all you can still get that kind of price right now for Avs team total uh, over three and a half tonight. Uh, that's what I'm going to look toward in this game. Alex, what do you think here? Avs Canucks. Yeah, I do feel like this is a Colorado spot where they, you know, get things rolling in the right direction. They start off hot. I like them first period puck line land the half a goal at plus one fifty. I saw plus one fifty five around at one point. I don't trust them enough for the full game. So this is going to be more of a live look and see. Definitely can't back Vancouver, even at plus 130. Colin Delia, the two wins that he had, you know, uh, the old case of a blind squirrel finding the nut, basically. I don't think he's uh, worth much of anything. And I think this is a great spot for Colorado to try to get that offense rolling. So uh, definitely would look at that team total over. But I, I'm just going to stick with the first period puck line, land the half a goal, plus 150. And then maybe make adjustments from there. Maybe we can, you know, if it's a one nothing Colorado spot, we get look at a live over. 
Uh, if they're, you know, tied at one to one, maybe we can look for something uh, with more value for Colorado on the money line. All right, there we go. Like in Vancouver, Colorado, rather, minus a half, uh, first period puck line. And you're right, price on that, plus 155 in some spots. So a really good price for Avalanche, first period puck line in this game. Get off to a fast start. I like the team total over. And as far as the props go, a couple of good options. I mean, on the Vancouver side, they're making some changes again. It looks like right now, Mikheyev and Kuzmenko are ones, and certainly Pedersen and Miller, but or not Miller, but Pedersen and Horvat. but you're not getting, obviously, as good of a price with those two. Colorado, uh, it looks like, I, I like straight out of Confer, uh, again, JT Confer uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. I mean, he keeps on producing. They're in a pickle right now, because I think JT Confer, I think he senses that Joe Sackick, the GM, he might go after a second-line center at the trade deadline because everyone's talked about that. Who's going to be the Nazem Kadri role uh, on the second-line center spot for this Colorado team? JT Confer is playing almost like a player right now that's saying, hey, you don't have to trade for anybody. You've got a capable second-line center in-house right here with me, uh, with JT Confer. Uh, and he's playing like it right now. I think he's trying to show the management that, hey, you don't need to trade for anybody. I'm a capable second line because normally he's a third line center. But because of the injuries, he's had to move up to the second line center. And the thing is, if you're going to be a second line center, you can't just be a defensive minded centerman. You've got to be able to show that offensive upside. And lately, Confer's been doing that uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche uh, in recent games. You look at his last five games, he has six points and three goals uh, in the last five games for the Colorado Avalanche. So JT Confer is an excellent prop option in my opinion tonight once again uh, for this uh, Colorado Avalanche team all right we wrap it up with the final game of this massive card it is the Boston Bruins and the Los Angeles Kings we've got Boston minus 165 uh, road favorites here uh, in LA uh, the total uh, in this one currently sitting at six across the board this is an interesting one let's start off with the fact that Boston faced LA recently in Beantown and it was one of the rare losses on home ice for the Bruins. The Kings got them uh, in a shootout. So it's a little Boston revenge here. That's the plus on the Boston side. But there are a lot of negatives on the Boston side going into this game. You're off the Winter Classic. You hosted it. So I think it's even more of a potential tough spot to try to you know, play a really good game, show that focus immediately following that game, especially when you hosted it. You know, It was in your backyard. And the way the Bruins won that game, trailing most of the way, they tied in the third period. The guy that is out indefinitely, unfortunately, for the Bruins, I'll get to that in a moment, Jake DeBrusque gets the game-winning goal, 2-1. Uh, to one. It looked like Pittsburgh might have tied it in the dying seconds with Evgeny Malkin, but the puck went in after time expired, uh, and uh, Boston ended up getting the 2-1 uh, to one win uh, against Pittsburgh uh, in the Winter Classic uh, on Monday so now they fly out to L.A. to start this West Coast trip. That's concerning. And the, uh, the, the concern, too, is DeBrusque being out because DeBrusque's play has been fantastic lately for the uh, Boston Bruins. It's just been such a big-time difference maker. He's had such a great season. And look, maybe there's some truth to the fact that him and Cassidy didn't have the best relation. There were some whispers that that was the case, that Cassidy didn't love him his play all that much and DeBrusque wasn't fond of Cassidy. Whatever. I mean, Montgomery's there now, and with Montgomery, he's played great uh, for the uh, Bruins this year. No question about it. He's been fantastic. And unfortunately, Jake DeBrusque, we found out uh, dealing with a hand injury and a lower body injury, suffered in the Winter Classic against Pittsburgh, and he'll be out a minimum of four weeks. 
So he's going to miss the next month for the uh, Boston Bruins. And that's a big loss considering what he's meant to this team. It's a guy that has scored you a bunch of goals this year, 16 goals, 14 assists, 30 points in just 36 games for the Bruins this year. Uh, he has uh, five goals in the last uh, six games for the Bruins, and he has uh, two, four, five, six, seven points for the Bruins in the last five games as well. That's a big loss for Boston. Not say, and obviously they can overcome it. They have shown all season they can overcome injuries. Look what they did early in the year. Marshawn wasn't available. Uh, Carlo was out. Grizzlick was out to begin the year. Uh, they had a bunch. McAvoy. Uh, all those guys were out, and they still won games. And st that was what catapulted this incredible season they're having so far. But the way DeBrusque's playing right now, they will miss him. No question. And on the L.A. side of things, I kind of like what I'm seeing from this team right now. They're playing some good hockey. They uh, beat Dallas the other night, 3-2. That was a fun hockey game. It was back and forth. It was well played on both sides. Could have went either way. Uh, it ended up uh, going to L.A. 3-2 uh, against the Stars uh, the other night. And by the way, how freaking good is Bob Wischusen? I love that guy when he's doing play-by-play -play on ESPN. He's excellent. Uh, he called that game, and it was a really good hockey game. 3-2 uh, for L.A. Uh, they beat Dallas. Uh, in that one, they have now gone seven and two in their last nine games. They played very well on home ice throughout the Philly game, kind of a flat spot. It was for them after beating Colorado uh, in a shootout before that, but they beat San Jose, Anaheim, Calgary, Vegas, Dallas uh, on their in recent home games playing well. I think they're live tonight. I really do. I think this is a tricky spot for Boston laying a big price on the road, losing Jake DeBrusque coming off the emotional uh, high and uh, just the phenomenal environment and atmosphere and spectacle and just being participating in the winter classic. You're pumped up for that. Are you going to be able to bring it tonight? If you're the Bruins coming off that kind of game, I'm not so sure. I think LA's live. I'm taking a shot plus 145 here, LA Kings and Phoenix Copley in net for the LA Kings. That's another reason I'm taking a shot with the Kings. He's been terrific. Maybe it's a late season Renaissance. Maybe he's just found a great fit here. They're playing better defensively lately. The Kings in front of their goaltending. That has helped, but it has been marvelous for Copley here in L.A. 9-1 and one now in his 10 starts with the Kings. 2.52 goals against average. 9.08 save percentage. And meanwhile, no all-mark for Boston. Jeremy Swayman. Now, I'm not saying you just bet against Swayman. Swayman's a capable young goalie, but he's not Linus Allmark. And the numbers bear that out. And it is Jeremy Swayman. Uh, getting the start tonight for the Bruins, 2.68 goals against 8.97 save percentage for him. And it is worth noting, he gave up four goals in the loss to Buffalo uh, in his last start uh, last weekend. So I think we have a live home underdog here. Alex, what do you think here, Bruins and Kings? Yeah, I, if I had to play a side, I would look toward the Kings more than the Bruins right now. But I'm going to actually go with the draw here at plus 360. So you could take a shot with a double chance with Kings and draw, but you'd have to lay a little price. But I feel comfortable with just the draw uh, on its own. We've seen the Kings six of the last 11 games going to OT or a shootout. And five of the last eight meetings between the Bruins and Kings have gone to OT. Uh, and, and it's interesting. In a lot of those eight meetings, only one of those games was a blowout. Uh, most of those other games were fairly close. So this definitely feels like it could be one of those kind of back-and-forth games. The Kings know that, like I said, they you know got the win against uh, Boston before. They can hang tough and, and I think force this in the 60 minutes and then past 60 minutes, and then we see L.A. maybe get the win there. So, uh, you know, if you, any kind of way you want to look at that, maybe Kings in overtime uh, for a specific – I know sometimes there's some books that have that where the game ends in overtime or ends in a shootout. Maybe that's a, another option you look at for a plus value, but I'm just going to go with the draw here at plus 360. 
All right, draw plus 360 here, Boston and L.A. Uh, for uh, Alex P. Smith in this one. Uh, as far as the uh, a few props of interest uh, in this game, not as many as some of the other games, but uh, a couple. Uh, certainly from the uh, Boston Bruins side of things, you know, with no DeBrusque, you're always interested now. What are the lineup adjustments going to be? Zaka, I think, becomes more of a value-laden prop option. You've got, uh, by the way, Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak. Uh, Jim Montgomery has not gotten to that trio routinely. Uh, they've played a lot of times uh, not together, that group, but they are tonight. Uh, the perfection line, uh, Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak look like they're going to play together. Hall, Krejci, Zaka, uh, Felino, Coyle, and Frederick, the third line for the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, there's a couple there. I think Zaka might be worth a look. Hall as well. Frederick's actually chipped in a little bit lately as well. On the L.A. side of things, Alex Iafalo has been much better lately. I've kept talking about he is undervalued in his prop market. Uh, Alex Iafalo, wor worth a look, playing with Dano and Arvidsson. Kempe and Kopitar have been great. And now Quinton Byfield, I mentioned it uh, prior to the L.A.'s game against Dallas. He's finally been moved up to the top line, is going to get an opportunity. He scored a point uh, in the game against Dallas the other night. Uh, I think if you can find point props with uh, Byfield and certainly sprinkled to score a goal uh, as well, uh, it's worth a look for L.A. Uh, in terms of that. And um, don't sleep on the uh, bottom of six forwards as well. They've been chipping in. Velarde starting to heat up again. Even a guy like Rasmus Kumpari, who scored from the fourth line center spot uh, against Dallas the other night, not a bad option either uh, in terms of player prop. Uh, great stuff. That is the Thursday NHL card. A huge, massive slate. Thanks to everyone for watching on YouTube Live, listening to the podcast as well. 225 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, check out patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Uh, of course, daily ice guys, betting card, uh, power ratings, totals, charts, goalie charts, more bonus content on the way. Patreon.com slash ice guys, uh, just $10 a month for that. Uh, and we're excited, by the way, we got a new contributor joining the ice guys on a frequent basis. Won't be every day or anything, but it'll be uh, a lot that will be on the show with us. But Kevin beach will make his, Ice Guys debut on Saturday. He'll be with me. Alex will be off that day, but uh, uh, Kevin Beach will be on for the first time Saturday, uh, breaking down that massive card. Pro goalie, pro hockey goalie for 13 years, AHL. I don't know. There's not Other than the NHL, there's not a lot of leagues this guy didn't play in. AHL, ECHL, CHL, uh, SPHL, over in Europe, uh, played 13 years pro as a goalie. And I mentioned he's a goalie, so you know what that means? It's a little bit of a character. It's a little bit of an entertaining figure. So uh, he'll be a good uh, shot of adrenaline, if you will, to the show. So, And he's a very, very serious NHL better and very good with props as well. So if you like player prop discussion, he'll be very good with that. So uh, Kevin Beach, Saturday uh, on the Ice Guys show uh, with me. He'll make his debut. Looking forward to that. Also looking forward to best bets. They're coming up in just a second. But first, we will hear from our good friends at Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word 
I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue. This will take care of it. It feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes. It pisses the hell out of me. It bothers me. I need to take care of that shit. This will take care of it for you. The Weed Whacker, uh, make, uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant, keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys show. Uh, we'll get to best bets in a second. Alex, talk about the great Ice Guys store and some of the merch people can get there. Yeah, check out iceguys.myspreadshop.com for the next four days. You get 23% off everything. Ring in the new year, 2023, uh, with a discount, 23% off everything at the Ice Guys store. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, there we go. All right, best bets here to wrap it up on this Thursday edition of the show. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're going to head out to the desert. We're going to go with Pittsburgh and Vegas, that first period over. One and a half, land $1.35. Uh, like I said, Vegas having some issues defensively. Pittsburgh having the ride, ride with their backup goaltender, Casey Smith, Aiden Hill going in net for Vegas. I think we see uh, a bit of a slop fest early in this game, and I think we see a couple of garbage goals go in. So I like that first period over with the Penguins and Golden Knights. That's my best bet. All right, there you go. Pittsburgh-Vegas uh, over uh, one and a half first period. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet for this card, yeah, best bet, We're go bold or go home. We're going against one of the best teams in the NHL. It's not a good Bruins spot tonight. LA's hot. They've got a goalie in net that's 9-1 and in 10 starts, and they're getting a disrespectful price, in my opinion. LA Kings plus 145 against the Boston Bruins. That is going to be my best bet for this Thursday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Uh, hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again 
There he is. I just wanted to make sure you saw Alex's face before we said goodbye. There he is. He's yeah. for those of you watching on YouTube. We couldn't care less if you're listening to the podcast. But nevertheless, uh, thanks for watching. Enjoy the games and good luck on this Thursday night. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Mm-hmm.